Good morning, everyone. My name's Cam, and I have to buy Phil. <laughs> which is always good to see you on the comedy circuit, stand-up comedy circuit soon, Phil. Um, so this morning we're talking about too young to be usable by God, and uh, we're looking at the character of Gideon this morning. Um, but before we get into the story, uh, why don't we have a look at a couple of superheroes that um, we're going to go through this morning. And what I want you to do, I need a bit of audience participation here, so I need you to tell me what makes them special, what makes them uh, extraordinary, and tell me what superpowers they possess. So just yell it out now, Superman, what? X-ray vision, strength, beautiful, thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Strength, speed, intelligence, light, x-ray vision, and uh, supersonic hearing. Batman, one of my personal favourites. Has, has, has anyone seen the Lego movie here? Absolutely yeah. awesome. It? <laughs> <laughs> no, it is really good. So it's probably the funniest kids movie I've ever seen. So what, superpo what superpowers does um, this superhero have? <laughs> <laughs> Funny, sense of humour. Yep, gadgets. Yes, Ash. So he's good at martial arts combat, athletic prowess, intelligence, uh, gadgets like the Batmobile, and of course his sidekick with his underpants on the outside. <laughs> Spider Man has a web. The ability to crawl. Gotta <laughs> 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 crawl before you can walk. Anything else? Okay, Ash. So he's got spider strength, spider speed, spider grip, and spider sense. And he shoots webs, of course. And then there's Wonder Woman. She's The belt of truth, very good. I'll put that invisible chair. Thanks, Ash. So she's got strength, intelligence, fighting, telepathy, and gadgets like the belt of truth, and the wristbands that um, fend off the bullets that are coming her way, and the lasso of truth as well, I think. And I think we've got the last one. Luke Skywalker. Jedi. Jedi. Nah. Yeah. She's got the force. Very good. Thanks, Ash. Combat intelligence. He's got Jedi mind control, which I'll be using later. Um, <laughs> he also knows how to use the force. All right. So when we think of superheroes, we think of strength. We think of great intellect. We think of bravery, indestructibility, energy, charisma. They've got muscles on their muscles, and they've got amazing superpowers like X-ray vision, and they're able to leap tall buildings in single bounds. But basically, they're extraordinary. But this morning we're going to look at a character called Gideon, who is exactly the opposite of this. So when Gideon was um, young, <laughs> when Gideon was young, sorry, should be, there's, there's a theme coming through this morning which you may <laughs> also uh, picked up, and there'll be some uh, prizes later if you forget what that theme is. <laughs> and you're under 12. <laughs> so he was young, and he was weak, and he was a farmer, but he was also when he started out, he was scared and he was afraid. So he was very ordinary and very average indeed. And the last thing he wanted to do was to become a leader. But in the end, he was transformed into a mighty warrior in the most unlikely way. He went from zero to hero. So this morning we'll discover that no matter how young or how ordinary or how average we might be, we're all usable by God. 
So let's um, get into our story this morning. But it's important that we understand a little bit of the background to the story before we before we get going. So this situa situation happened about 3,000 years ago and there was a country called Israel and they were God's special people. But they'd actually turned their back on God. They were worshipping idols and statues and they did whatever they wanted. And God wasn't really very happy with them. So he allowed this group called the Midianites who were their nasty neighbours who lived next door and they were their, their mortal enemies and they invaded their land. And eventually things got that bad that Israel realised um, what they'd done and they cried out to God and they begged him for mercy and protection. And God being the good God that he was responded to Israel's prayer by raising up a very young and a very ordinary man called Gideon. So let's have a look at what the Bible says. And um, you might have noticed um, I'm actually using something here called the Brick Testament. So if you get a chance to uh, check it out, BrickTestament.com, and it's the Bible in Lego form. So they show the Bible with all these photos in case you think that I made these in my spare time during the week. <laughs> okay, so we'll kick it off. Sorry, back that's one um, in uh, Judges 6. So it says there um, that, again, the Israelites did evil in God's sight. Then Yahweh, which is another name for God, God, that's like the Old Testament name, sold them into the hands of the Midianites for seven years. Then the Midianites invaded the land and destroyed its crops. They left nothing for the Israelites to eat and took all their sheep, oxen and donkeys. The Israelites were left so impoverished they cried out to Yahweh. And uh, we'll pause there for a second. But basically, the Midianites had come into the Israelites' land and had taken all of their stuff, they've eaten all of their food, um, they've come in like a swarm of locusts, they've stripped the whole um, food supply um, bare, and the Israelites are left hungry and really, really scared and really, really poor. So then, the next section is when God calls Gideon. So, the angel of the Lord, now the angel of the Lord is literally an angel who's God's messenger, comes down and sat under the oak tree in Ophrah. And then Gideon was threshing wheat inside this thing called the wine press to keep it hidden from the Midianites. When the angel of Yahweh said, Yahweh is with you, mighty warrior. So let me explain this for a sec. Gideon's hiding out in this from the Midianites. Um, he's starving, he's scared, and he's suffering. But he's threshing wheat in this wine press. So obviously, wine press, you put the grapes in, you squeeze it up, and out comes wine. But he's hiding away. And then out of the blue, this angel of the Lord comes to Gideon, who's a young man, and says, Yahweh is with you, mighty warrior. Talk about total randomness. So the funny thing is that angels aren't normally known for their sarcasm. But because Gideon is definitely not a mighty warrior, in fact, he's an ordinary, everyday, average farmer. So why doesn't the angel of the Lord come and say something like, the Lord is with you, pipsqueak, or the Lord is with you, industrious young farmer. That would be far more accurate. So let's keep going. Then he says, but sir, if Yahweh is with us, then why is all this happening to us? Yahweh has deserted us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then Yahweh turned to him and said, go and rescue Israel from the Midianites, have I not sent you? Then Gideon said to him, But Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan, sorry if that piano is in the way, is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least important in my family. So let's look at this for a second. 
Gideon is the youngest in his family. He's the most insignificant in their tribe. And their tribe, Manasseh, is the smallest tribe in Israel. Talk about picking the rump of the litter. You've got the wrong guy, says Gideon. Surely I'm too young. You must need a hardened warrior. Doesn't make any sense. So Gideon's hiding out in this wine press. He's too young. He's too inexperienced. And he's a farmer. He knew more about how to grow wheat and about how to farm than he did about fighting, than about killing, than about weapons, or leading an army, or military strategy, or tactics. So why would God call Gideon? He's got no experience, he's untested, and he's totally unproven. So let me digress for a second and talk about social media for one minute. Now, I've got three beautiful children here today who are always perfectly behaved, as they are this morning. And uh, one of them, Ashley, who's up the back doing my PowerPoint for me, when she was 12, she begged me to get an iPhone and she wanted to get on Facebook. And all I heard every single day was, can I get an iPhone? When am I going to get on Facebook? And basically everyone these days is following someone on Twitter, on Instagram or on Facebook. But probably 3,000 years ago in Gideon's time, they might have used something like face scroll. (laughs) (laughs) So here's a side-by-side comparison of hashtag hardened and hashtag Gideon. So hashtag hardened there, he's got a few friends. He's got lots of friends. I like him. He's got, his job is to be a mighty warrior. He likes fighting, he likes killing, he likes weapons, as some of us do. And he's got skills in, um, he's very strong, he's got leadership and strategy. Whereas Gideon, unshaven, I guess they're both unshaven there, but he's got not many friends, he's industrious farming, he likes hide and seek, and he's basically skilled uh, farming. So if you had to like someone to lead you into battle and to save your country from the Midianites or from the oppressors, who would you like? You don't have to answer that just yet. But it's pretty much the same as Moses when Steve preached last week. Moses was really old. He couldn't speak in public. He was a really ordinary person. He was definitely not superhero material. But in both cases, God was patient with them, with Moses and with Gideon. Um, but perhaps God could see the potential in both of those guys that we couldn't. So let's have a look and see what happens. So then Yahweh, which remember the Old Testament word for God, replied, I will be with you and I will strike down the Midianites as if they were one man. So um, rather than him saying, you know, rather than the angel of the Lord saying, look, seriously, Gideon, dude, you need to totally man up. He says, I will be with you. And that's very encouraging and very powerful, obviously, for Gideon, who needed all the confidence he could get. On his own, Gideon couldn't do it, but with God there was no problems. So let's just quickly recap here. God calls Gideon, he's from the weakest tribe, he's from the weakest family, and he's the youngest in that family. He's the good-for-nothing runt of that family. But God doesn't um, necessarily look for people who are courageous, people who are mighty with skills and with talent. He's looking for obedient people, people who will follow him, follow him no matter what. So anyone's usable by God, we don't have to be ready, we don't have to be perfect, we don't have to wait until we've got it all together to be used by God. So let's keep going. And this is where God reassures Gideon. Then Gideon said to God, if you want to, if you want to rescue Israel uh, by my hands, uh, you have promised, look, I am putting out a wool fleece on the threshing floor. Sorry, it's a bit hard to see there, but basically he wants reassurance from God. And he puts out this... Um, 
this fleece or this, um, everyone knows what a fleece is. Can you see what a fleece is? Yeah. <laughs> the, the Lego fleece. So he's putting out the fleece and he says to God, look, you know, make it wet and make the dry around it. Uh, well, actually, if we go to the next one, sorry, 37. If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground around it stays dry, then I will know that you will rescue Israel by my hand as you have said. So if the fleece is wet but everything else is dry, then he'll take that as a sign from God that he can go into battle. Thanks, Ash. And so it happened, Gideon got up the next morning and squeezed the fleece and wrung out enough dew to fill a bowl. Then Gideon said to God, do not become furious with me if I make one more request. And God didn't strike him down with lightning because he is a patient, merciful God. This time, only the fleece stays dry while the ground around it is covered with dew. So that's the opposite test. And that night, God did so with his pink Lego watering can. <laughs> only the fleece stayed dry while, some, while the surrounding ground was covered with dew. The spirit of Yahweh came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet, summoning the men of the Asbarite tribe to follow him. So um, what's happening now is that God's starting to use Gideon and Gideon's starting to um, get an army together so that they can go into battle. So let's see what happens next. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh and to the tribes of Asher, Zebulun and Naphtali and they, and they too came to meet him. Yahweh said to Gideon, you have too many men with you for me to hand over the Midianites, for the Israelites might claim our own strength has rescued us. So God didn't want Israel to take the credit for his power and for his might. He wanted to make sure that everyone knew what was going on and, and what was happening. Then uh, Yahweh said, announce to the men, anyone trembling, anyone trembling with fear may leave. So they originally had 30... They originally had 32,000, but then 22,000 of those men left. So they're down to 10,000 men. 10,000 men remained, and Yahweh said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Bring them down to the water, and I will sort them out for you there. And by the way, there's 135,000 Midianites just over in the next valley. So they started with 32, they're down to 10, and now the 10,000 men remained, and Yahweh said to them, bring them down to the water. So he brought them down to the water, and there Yahweh said to Gideon, separate those who lap up the water like dogs with those who kneel down to drink. 300 men lapped and the rest kneeled down to drink water. And Yahweh said to Gideon, with these 300 men who lapped the water, I will rescue you and put the Midianites in your hands. So they're down from 32,000 to 300. Then Gideon divided the 300 men into three groups giving each a trumpet and an empty jar with a torch inside. The Midianites camped below in the valley. Gideon said to the men, when I get to the edge of the camp and I blow my trumpet, you also blow the trumpets around the camp and shout for Yahweh and for Gideon. Then Gideon and a hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. Then all three groups blew their trumpets and broke their jars. They held their torches in their left hand and their trumpets in their right and shouted, a sword for Yahweh and for Gideon. Throughout the camp, 
Yahweh caused the Midianites to attack one another with their swords. So God created mass confusion in the camps and they all thought that this massive Israelite army was coming over the top, but it was actually only 300 people with torches and with trumpets, etc., and with breaking their jars. And of the Midianite swordsmen, 120,000 were killed. So who said the Old Testament times were um, nice and polite? 120,000 people on that day or that night were killed. The army fled and the Israelites chased the, those bad guys, the Midianites. And the remaining Midianite army of 15,000 in Carthor, sorry, the Midianite army were in Carthor when Gideon ambushed them, taking them by surprise. He routed the panicked army and he captured the two Midianite kings, Zebar and Zalmanah. And later on, he cut off their heads, unfortunately, for them. So, Gideon is a massive underdog. 135,000 hardened warriors versus 300 people with jars and torches and, um, and a trumpet. So why did God get them to go from 32,000 down to 300? And by the way, they didn't take any weapons. They had no spears. They had no bows. There were no arrows, no knives, no swords, no x-ray vision, no batmobile, no lightsabers. God said they should take a jar, a trumpet, and also a light. Because God didn't want them to be able to take the credit. So God makes these ridiculous odds and it's because he wants to show them that, that he is powerful. And this is basically an impossible mission and that's pretty much the whole point of this story. That what's impossible with man is actually possible with God. So God provided a major victory and he's able to use Gideon, someone who was young, someone who had no experience and someone who had a proven, no proven track record. And I guess the point this morning is that we're all usable by God. He's with us. He is the one who's strong. He is untrustworthy. And God's not actually looking for superheroes with superpowers. He asks us to be available and to step out even when we're worried or we're unsure. Now, it's that time when I need to hand out the prizes. So is there anyone here who can guess what the very subtle theme running through all of today's um, morning is all about? Come on, I know there's someone there. It starts with L and ends in ego. <laughs> Anyone? Lego. Lego, very good. I can't see who said that, but okay, you're going to have to. Oh, what's my superhero superpower? <laughs> that was like spider sense. <laughs> Without even taking off the wrapper. <laughs> Impressive. So that was the story of one guy from about 3,000 years ago. But what about today, you might say? Does God use young and ordinary people today? Well, we've heard Bella's story before, definitely Angie's story, definitely. But you might have heard the story of the soul surfer, who's Bethany Hamilton. When she was just 13 years old, she was attacked by a 14-foot tiger shark when she was surfing in Hawaii. She ended up with a severed left arm. She lost over 60% of the blood and she went through several major surgeries. So lifeguards and doctors believe that her faith in God actually helped her get through this traumatic ordeal. And later at 17 years old, she realized her dream of surfing professionally. They made a book and they also made a film about her called Soul Surfer. And that's um, the story of her incredible life. So she's devoted herself to helping others 
and she's involved in many charities and also helping um, amputees. So God used Bethany to touch and inspire many lives around the world. Let's look at another guy called Nick Bajusic. So Nick was born and raised in Melbourne, Australia. That's here. But was born with no arms or no legs. And at the age of eight, he became seriously depressed. When he was 10, he unsuccessfully tried to drown himself in a bathtub. And when he was 15, he decided to follow Jesus. And from there, it's been an incredible journey for him. He started to speak about his faith in God and overcoming adversity when he was only 17 years old. And he's spoken over 2,000 times in 44 different countries. He's also launched a non-profit organisation and has spread the message of Jesus around the world. So despite his um, handicap, not just a small handicap, despite his massive handicap, God used Nick to become an inspiration to others. So let me wrap it up this morning as the, the band comes up with Lindy. What's the take-home message? I like to keep things pretty short, sharp, but also pretty simple. The take-home message is that we're all useful by God. So if we look at Gideon's story, we can all receive tremendous encouragement and we can all receive tremendous inspiration. He was, Gideon was young, Gideon was weak, and he was a farmer hiding out. But he was able to lead an army of only 300 people and overcome 135,000 seasoned warriors. Basically, they were totally impossible odds, just like the Western Bulldogs ever winning a premiership again. Never, ever going to happen. So let me ask this question. How can God use us in our life? We're all usable by God. We can be encouraged that he's not looking for mighty and powerful, experienced men or women. He's not looking for superheroes with x-ray vision or people with muscles or muscles on their muscles or people who can leap tall buildings. We're all usable by God. We don't need to be experienced. We don't need to have gone to Bible college. We don't need to have been a missionary in deep dark Africa or to be a youth pastor or whatever. It's, um, we just have to be ready. We have to be fully prepared and we don't have to be perfect. So it doesn't really matter what we've done in the past either. We can all be usable by God. And he will call ordinary, everyday, garden variety people just like us. Young, old, we'll talk next week about brash and alone people, all shapes and sizes. Whatever it is that God is calling us to do, he is with us. He is strong and we can trust him. All he asks us is that we be available and that we step out even when we're worried or when we're unsure. So he says to Gideon, and he also says to us, I will be with you.